Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. I want to continue the series, and actually I'm going to finish the series today. We've called it It's On You. So the title of today's message is It's On Us. And what's on us? Well, to be a light. Someone say to be a light. I want you to make a good confession with me this morning. Say, I'm here by divine appointment. Say, God has me here in this church for a reason. Say, God has a plan for me. And say, I am good ground for the word. Say, I am here believing. Say, God is with me. God is for me. Say, who can be against me? Because God is with me. Say, I believe today's word is for me. Let's give the Lord a clap offering, if you would, please. So it's on us to be the light. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. I love this verse. I love this text. I love what Jesus is saying here. It's one of my favorite things in Scripture to quote. You guys know that just about all of Scripture is my favorite. But for real, look at this. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, so he's speaking to us. Someone, someone give me an amen. He's speaking to us, all right? You are the light of the world. He's not explaining everything. You're reflecting my light or because I'm living in you. He's putting a lot of responsibility square on our shoulders here. He says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Wow, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket, right? In your rooms, at your house, you turn on the lamp so that it gives light. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand, right? Just by your bed in the living room. Wherever you have a lamp in your house at the entrance, it's placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Hmm. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone, why? So that you'll get the glory? No. So that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Let me give you just a brief word of prayer real quick. I just feel led to. Just bow your heads with me. Let's pray again. Father, thank you for your word. We've already confessed that we're good ground. We receive it today. And Lord, we not, we not only receive it just for us, we receive it for our week, for the people around us and our sphere of influence, God. And we promise to carefully, carefully appropriate, live, and practice your word. We will use what we're given today, God, to bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, someone said, Amen. It says, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So it's on us to be the light. So if it's on us to be the light, it's our responsibility to be a reminder and example of all these good things that God has for people. Now, it's not always comfortable for people. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it's, you're very encouraging and you're reminded of all these things. And we're going we're to go through several points today. I have several. Hang with me. And we'll get through this. It's going to be good for you, for your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, for your life, for your Christian living and practice. First point today, you're a reminder of righteousness. It's on us to be the light of the world, so we're a reminder of righteousness. What's the big deal about righteousness? Well, righteousness simply means you're right with God. The world's looking for that, whether they admit it or not. You've heard me speak about this for years, and it's true. Even those who make fun of you, they're the ones who come to you in secret when their friends aren't around and go, hey, uh, 
They've been making fun of your faith. Man, you holy roller, you think you're better than me, right? When people say you think you're better than me, that's always a warning sign for something, isn't it? So I don't want to hear about any of y'all in this house telling people you think you're better than me because you're a child of God. Who cares what they think? You are a child of God, so don't ever go down that path. But people do that a lot. Oh, you th- oh you're serving God, so you think you're better than me. Um, now that I'm a child of God, according to God, he respects and favors me and gives me glory. So he's sharing his glory and honor with me because I have chosen to serve him. I'm not better than you, but now I'm, I'm privileged. And yeah, God, God chooses his people over the world constantly. So righteousness means you're right with God. You have favor. Someone say favor. Undeserved favor is what grace is. Undeserved favor, but it also means empowerment to live right. You stand out. You're in, you're in a place of privilege. You're in a place of blessing. You're in a place of relationship. Remember back in the day before you came to Jesus, you were lost, remember? Scripture says we were without hope and without God in this world. So you're a reminder that people can be right with God. Is that important? Yeah, and they'll come to you and ask you for prayer. They'll go, you pray. Hey, you pray, don't you, man? Would you pray for us? We're going through it. But you're an example, and you're a reminder that people can be right with God. Let's go to Matthew 5, 6 in the New King James Version. Look at this, Matthew 5, 6. Blessed, this is Jesus speaking, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right standing with God, for they shall be, what? Filled. You desire right standing with God, he's going to satisfy that desire. And being right with God is very fulfilling and satisfying. Any of you ever had a, did anyone have a great meal this week? You're Americans, you're blessed. Is there, was there any meal you remember in particular this week? I know you didn't have bologna sandwiches every day. Some of you, if you did, shame on you. You need to repent. There's other good food out there. I ate some hamburgers yesterday that my wife made, and they were so satisfying. So satisfying. You ever eaten and you go, ah, I'm not hungry anymore. I'm not over full. I'm satisfied. Scripture says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let's go to Romans 6.18. Romans 6.18. Look at this one. This is in the New Living Translation, I believe. Romans 6.18. Check this out. While, while we're getting that together, I'll just read it to, uh, to you out of here right Right here on the New Living Translation, it says, Now you are free from your slavery to sin. Scripture says we are slaves to whatever we obey and give in to. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. That is not a negative thing. Did you know that means it just comes more naturally to you now to do things that prove you are in right standing with God? And you are a living example. Did you know that? Most people are not going to have a vision of Jesus. Most people. But they're going to see you in your life, so you must be important to God. You're important as his child, his daughter and son, but you're important as a reminder of his goodness that people can be right with God. Look, you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves. Slaves to right living. What does that mean? In my mind, that is always translated as this. There are things you do without thinking. Many of you have a morning ritual, right? For some of you, it's coffee. You don't even think about it. Some of you, it's open the door and go sit outside. I don't know. Brush your teeth first. I remember I had an uncle. He would brush his teeth before breakfast. Some of you do that. I always thought it was better to brush my teeth after breakfast. But my uncle looked at me one time and said, man, Matthew, you're gross. Brush your teeth before breakfast. 
your food will your food won't taste right. I'm like, yeah, but if there's orange juice, then it tastes weird with your toothpaste, <laughs> right? We have habits and morning rituals, rituals throughout the day, things that you do. Some of you, there's certain things you do before bed, right? Some of you, it's check Instagram one more time. Bless your heart. Some of you, it's read the word. Some of you, it's pray right before bed. Some of you, when you wake up in the morning, you say, praise God, I'm alive. Some of you have had some close calls, and you say, thank God, I'm alive. Praise God for his goodness. You have, there are things that you do without thinking. This right here is always registered in my heart as this. A slave to righteous living means there's things now that you do without thinking. I, I don't have to consciously think to not cuss. I don't have to consciously think to not practice sin in certain areas. Now, I still have weaknesses. I still have to tell the Lord, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for that attitude. I'm sorry for saying that. I'm sorry for dealing with that thought and not putting that thought away. Lord, I'm sorry. But other areas, you become a slave to righteous living. And this is a wonderful example to the world because they are slaves to filthy living. Scripture says all of our righteousness apart from God, apart from Jesus, is like filthy rags. But now God sees you through the filter of the blood of Jesus, and he says, man, that, I see the Son of God in them. I see the Holy Spirit in them. They are part of my family. Righteousness. Someone say righteousness. All right. Now, that's good. That's positive. That's fun. Now, look at this one. Look at point two. Some of you go, oh, no. Sin. You are a reminder when you're living right, when you're walking with God, it is on you to be a living reminder that there is righteousness, but there's also sin. Really. And that doesn't mean, please, guys, don't, don't go around pointing out everyone's sin all the time. That's just weird. There are times you speak up and go, hey, man, that's wrong. Don't cuss in front of me. I've told people before, and you've heard me say this, it's happened many times where I go, hey, could you watch your language, please? They're like, what language? They don't even realize they're doing it. They're slaves to sin. What, what do you mean? I'm like, you didn't hear yourself? It's like, no, I didn't do anything. I didn't cuss. Huh. You're a reminder. You don't have to be pointing out everyone's sin. But listen, you as a godly person, a man and woman of God, you're a reminder that there's sin and there's a cross and there's heaven and hell. Really, this, you are a, re a reminder to people. That's why some people resent you. You have favor. You've seen it. A lot of people treat you right. They ask you to pray for them. But others resent you because you're a constant living reminder that there is such a thing as sin, and God demands a sacrifice for sin. And the only sacrifice he accepts for sin to take away your sin is what? Jesus, the cross. Let's go to Romans 3.23. Look at this. Check this out. Romans 3.23. For everyone has sinned. Some of you guys that have studied this before, maybe in Paces, maybe in ACE, or those who, you've been a Christian a while, a believer a while, this is called the Roman road. Verses in Romans that help, help people to come to God. Look at this. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Let's keep going. Yet God in His grace, right? He freely makes us right in His sight. He did this how? Oh, just, just randomly or just kind of decided and did it. No, He had a plan. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. Sins have a penalty. My grandma Sinna, you know what she used to say? She used to say, Michal, don't worry about people. They're going to get their back pay. Anybody know what back pay is? It's not pay for your back. It means pay that you've been deserving for a while. And that could be good. Some of you, man, are like, man, I got injured on the job or something happened. I got my back pay. I got paid for all those six months I had to miss work. That's good. Rewarding consequences, right? 
Scripture says that there's a consequence for sin. So there's back pay. If people don't repent, can you imagine standing before God and having to answer for all your sins? That's not good. That's why the blood of Jesus is so powerful. God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin so you wouldn't have back pay, man, for all the messed up things we've done. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his what? His blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair. Man, actually, it's, I think a better translation for this New Living Version would be God was being merciful. More than fair, really. I just think fair doesn't quite capture the meaning of it when you read the whole context. God was being extremely, overtly merciful when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Aren't you glad you're not going to have to pay for all those sins? For he was looking ahead. Someone say looking ahead. Looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. Man, there was an old song we used to sing. It says, when Jesus was on the cross, you were on his mind. He was looking ahead and including us in what he would do in this present time. God this did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he what? For he himself is fair and just and merciful and perfect. And he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Aren't you glad you didn't have to go through a system, a checklist and say, well, if I do all this, man, if I button up my collar all the way up and I comb my hair a certain way, I'd be in trouble, right? I, I do this, I do that, then I'm, I can make it to heaven. No, he said, you just believe in Jesus. So you're a constant reminder. Someone say constant reminder of sin. You are. That's a good thing, but some people take that the wrong way, and they may resent you for it. Say, man, you just think you're better than me. No, I'm, I'm reminding you that only through Jesus can be, we be right with him, and there is sin. There's, penal, there's a penalty for our actions if we keep sinning. Number three, someone say eternity. I remember back in the day, I believe mom and dad bought a car from my grandparents. It was a yellow Zephyr. What year was that thing? Was, it was the late 70s, 77 or 78? Yellow Zephyr. It was the first car I got to drive to school, but I didn't have a, a high school you know, sticker, so I'd park a few blocks away from the school back in the day. And I remember the bumper sticker on that yellow car this was in the early 90s, so the car was about 15, 16 years old by the time I got to use it. It ran well, except you smelled like exhaust when you drove around in it. it smelled like you had been doing mechanic work. Always. I remember I'd bring extra cologne to school. That probably stunk. I'd spray eternity on. <laughs> anyway, because I'd get out of that car smelling like exhaust. But the bumper sticker, you know what it said? I don't remember who got rear-ended in it one time, if it was dad or mom, and they made a joke about it. There was a bumper sticker on that car, and it said, where will you spend eternity? They joked. Grandpa and dad were preachers, so they joked. They said, man, someone was bu re busy reading that bumper sticker, and they re rear-ended us. <laughs> you know? Where will you spend eternity? Oh, my gosh, they pushed the gas instead of the brake. That's a great question. Where will you spend eternity? Did you know you can throw people off their game with that and just wake them up? Say, where, say what's eternity? It's forever. You hear people talking, they're like, man, is this it? Is this it? Get drunk on weekends, and the weekend starts getting longer because they got to cope. Pretty soon they're getting drunk on Thursday, Wednesday, and it's backing itself up. Then it's all week long just so they can cope. I don't blame them. If I didn't have Jesus, I'd be one of the top substance users and abusers in the world. I would. 
They've got to cope somehow. But with God now, we're reminded that we can, we can spend eternity with him. Eternity, someone say, eternity is forever. A lot of this is a blast from the past. I'm having some nostalgia today. But the old Amazing Grace song says, when we've been there 10,000 years, we will have just begun. People say stupid stuff like, I'll be in hell with all my friends. Don't be a fool, man. You're not going to be in hell hanging out with your friends. It's absolute terror, and you're separated from God and from everyone. Separated from the warmth of human touch. You are all alone. Sin is eternal separation from God. That's the second death, Scripture says. The lake of fire, which is serious business. Revelation talks about that. It's eternal separation from God. And you're a reminder of eternity for people that there is more than just this life. But in remembering that there's more than just this life, that's good news. Someone say good news. There's heaven. Someone say heaven. Yeah. There's heaven. Let's go to Romans 6.20. When you were slaves to sin, there's that word again, right? People don't have to think about it to sin. They're slaves to sin. They just sin. It's, it's a robotic uh, movement now you are free from the obligation to do right you were slaves to sin you're just doing evil all the time it's the opposite of good or right and what was the result you are now ashamed of the things you used to do things that end in eternal doom judgment separation from god the second death so far away from god can you imagine and man i i'm sorry but i gotta say this one man of god used to he used to quote this scripture it was it was wilkerson what was his first name? David Wilkerson. You need to watch the movie sometime. It's old school. The Cross and the Switchblade. That's a story of his, his uh, missionary work in New York. He ended up uh, founding a church called Times Square Church. But I believe it was David Wilkerson who used to said that he, he talks about Scripture, and he says you will be given a body that is fit for destruction, meaning you will have a body somehow in the spirit realm eternally a body that can be tortured and suffer. Scripture says it's a place where the worm does not die. There's worms in hell and rot and stink, and it never goes away, and there's torture because of rejecting Jesus. Say, oh, they went to hell because they were homosexual. They went to jail because they were a murderer. No, they went to hell because they rejected the sacrifice of Jesus. Sin should no longer send people to hell. God took care of that. Sin should be done. Sin should be over with. Scripture says Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So he's enough. He's the all-sufficient God, the Alpha and the Omega, to deal with sin forever. Scripture says he, he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So now there's not a sin problem. The problem is people just don't want to know God. They, don't, they reject his sacrifice. They don't take the time to get to know God. What was the result? You're now ashamed of the things you used to do. Things that end in eternal doom. Oh, my goodness. But now you are free. Someone say free. Oh, praise God. Free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. See, man, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I want. No, if you don't serve God, by default, you serve Satan. You're going to either serve God or, or Satan. You say, no, I serve myself. Serving self is serving Satan. I've told people before, and it just shocked the fire out of them. I said, I don't worship God. I'm like, oh, then you're a devil worshiper. <laughs> what? I don't, I, don't, I don't sacrifice cats and stuff. Gerbils or whatever they sacrifice. I don't know, but Scripture, Jesus said, whoever's not for me is against me. So if you're not for God, then you're against him by default. 
So you either worship God or you worship the devil. That's just how it is. But now, see, this is the good news. You're free from the power of sin and become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness. That's separation from the world. Holiness. And result in what? Eternal life. Someone say amen. Wow, they result in eternal life. For the, this is a very powerful verse, very well recognized. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. So you're a reminder of eternity. Someone say eternity. Uh-huh. Just your Christian walk, just your walk of faith reminds people that there's life after this life. It's either going to be in heaven or hell. Now I got some good news. Someone say good news. Let's, let's lighten the subject a little bit. Some of you are like, man, Pastor Matt, can we, can we get on? Can we get on, brother man? Come on. Someone say hope. That's number four today. Hope. Oh, man. Some of you, even though, even though you're believers, some of you don't realize, man, you need a healthy dose of hope every single day. That's part of what gets people up in the morning. You know that thought, that sneaky feeling in your mind, and I quote, man, there's a chance I can make it. <laughs> man, I, I don't know. I, I might be able to do this. I, I think I can make it. I've I mean, let's be real. Which of us in this room, here we are, we're all, we're all in the same boat. None of us were born into privilege in here regardless of our color. Let's be real. We weren't. None of us were born with a silver spoon in our mouth. I mean, unless there's some part of your testimony I don't know about. Most of us were not born into millions of dollars. We just weren't. I don't think any of us. Unless there's some secrets you're hiding, and God bless you. Be sure and tithe, right? But... We weren't just born into ideal situations, all of us. Some situations better. Some of us were born into Christian homes and all that. But now, thank God, through Jesus, we have hope. No matter what, no matter how you started off, you can finish strong because of hope. Abraham, he had hope before he developed faith. Scripture says, man, he hoped. He went, well, him and his, him and his lady, I almost said him and his old lady. Her and her old man. Man, they, they hadn't had kids. Man, he's already 75, and God says, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you a son, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring forth promises. And through your son and because of your obedience in me, I'm going to bless the whole world. In you I will bless all nations of the earth. That was the promise. See, he was promising himself as the Messiah through Abraham. He's going to bless the whole world through the Jewish people. That's how we're blessed. We came to know Jesus, who was born as a Jew. And it all started with hope. Someone say it all starts with hope. Some of you, I, I've, heard, I've heard Ms. B say it. I've heard my wife say it. I think Joyce Meyer say it, says it. Let me stand up here to say this. Some of you need to get your hopes back up. Remember all the dreams you had as a kid? Remember the dreams you had in 2019 whenever we were all claiming, man, 2020 going to be my year, brother. Remember? There's the memes out there joking and stuff. And then COVID hit. La Covidia. Like, oh my gosh, did I? don't lose your hope over stuff like that. Because now there's the monkey pox and the donkey pox and the elephant pox. And we got vaccines. No, all of that's used to instill fear and get you distracted, keep you away from God, keep you disconnected from other people. What on earth? That has to be a plan of the enemy to keep people apart, stay six feet apart. I know how I have issues with personal space. You know, I know that. But we should... We should never be keeping people apart from other people. You need connection. God created you to be part of a community, and that is part of your hope. Someone say, my hope. Let's go to Hebrews 10.23. Look at this. 
Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Hold on to your hope. Get your hopes up. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Faithful is he that promised. Hold on to your hope. Someone say, hold on. Hold on to your hope. Let's go to Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. He's, he's been planning something good since before you were born. God's been planning something good for you since before you were born, for you, your kids, for your, your pets, for your property, for your relationships, for your job. God's been planning something good for you before you were born. Did you know it takes no talent to have a good attitude? And say, man, I got, I'm getting my hopes up, man. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster or evil. To give you a future and a hope. This, this verse is used a lot, but I want you to let it sink into your soul today. Let me read it again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster or evil. They're to give you a future and a hope. Some of you need to get your hopes back up. Did you know hope overcomes depression? Hope overcomes depression. Some of you need to get in and, and check out um, some of the, the podcasts that Pastor Jen has been doing. Really check those out. God is speaking to her, and she's been doing some podcasts, recording some stuff, 20, 30, 40 minutes. And God can speak to you through some of that stuff, and he will give you hope. Every message I speak, no matter how strong it is, how firm I come across, it's for hope. God rescued us so we could be hopeful. Someone say hope. Uh-huh, get your hopes up. Hope says, ah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think there's a chance. I think I can expect something good to happen. And then that thing starts morphing into faith and says something good is going to happen. Hope leads to faith, if you let it. Hope leads to faith. Let's go to Philippians 4.13. I got some oldies but some goodies in here today. Maybe we had this on the, on the, the bumper, too. I don't know. But the, I think many believers did in the 80s, right? I can do, one translation says, I can do all things through Christ. This one says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Look at this point five today. I hit some points today for real. Look at point five. You are a reminder. As the light, it's on us to be a reminder to people, an example of what people can become in God. <laughs> people... People may look at you and go, you know what, is it that easy? And you're like, no, things have been tough, but God's faithful. You just make it look easy. You ever seen your mom cook or your grandma? My wife, there's things she does in the kitchen, and it terrifies me. Why my, my wife goes, help, help me in there. Would you help me? And I'm like, are you sure you want this? Do you know what you're asking? <laughs> I had a big mishap a few weeks ago. God says he wants obedience and not sacrifice, but I went ahead and offered a burnt sacrifice on the grill. Ruined about eight hamburgers and, and some sausages. I was heartbroken. I think, I, I, think I, I needed hope. I almost fell into depression. I had a really good record on the grill, man, and I ruined it. Stuff was catching on fire in there. I said, oh, my gosh, my wife makes stuff look so easy when she cooks. And some of y'all know, I remember Grandma, Grandma Senna, she'd make tortillas, and people look at them and go, I can do that. No, you can't, bro. You can't do that. Round and just right and hot. Good stuff. 
See, you're going to be an example of what people can become, and you're going to do it so well. I prophesy this over you today. You're going to do it so well, people go, man, you make, you make living look easy. You make success look easy. How did, man, you came from the dumps. How did you make it out of that situation? You had legal trouble. You had financial trouble. Man, you had an ex. You had a crazy person in your past. You came out of an abusive relationship. And people are watching you. They're taking notes. And the enemy goes, I got them now. This, this will destroy them. Uh-uh. God says, do you know what, son? You know what, daughter? You're going to be an example this year of what people can become in Christ. You will be an example. There is hope for successful strength, uh, just life, man, doing good, blessed. Not that you're not going to have troubles. You'll have trouble in life. Jesus said it. But he has overcome the world. You'll be good at relationships. You'll be joyful, steady, in control of your desires. That sounds like the fruit of the Spirit, spirit right? Self-control. Let's read Philippians 4.13 again. For I can do everything. One translation says, all things through Christ who gives me strength. Would you put that point five up there one more time? And then we'll, we'll, in a moment, we'll review all of our points again. I know there's a lot today. But just, if you can remember one thing today, is the word example. You're called to be an example. So get your chin up already and get your hopes up. You're an example of what people can become. Don't be one of these weird examples where people go, I don't know, man, you've been saved a while, but you're, you're not a very good example. I don't want what you got. You're, you're depressed and stuff. You're depressed. Your cologne smells like you got it at the Dollar Tree. It stinks. You thought it was eternity, but it was, it was more like uh, eternal judgment. No, Really? People don't realize that they give off a stink when they're a bad example. My wife and I, we hadn't been married long. We went to Carlsbad one time. I, I don't know what that place was. It was like a Dollar Tree of some kind. Man, I saw some cologne, and it made some claims. It said, this is our rendition of something, Nautica or something good, Polo Blue. I said, baby, I'm, I, I grabbed it. She goes, what are you doing? I said, look at this cologne. It's a rendition of Polo she goes, that, don't get that, baby. You want some cologne? Let's get you some real cologne. Don't get that. We used to make jokes about that as when we were kids. And I said, man, that stuff will eat a hole in your skin. <laughs> you don't know at the Dollar Tree. Our, ver our version of Tommy Hilfiger was called Johnny Cologne. <laughs> really? They had a cologne called Johnny. This is our version of Tommy. Let's just call it Freddie, <laughs> Bill, Billy, Billy Cologne, whatever. Man, I... So I, here I was, I was like, no, nah, baby, I'm getting it, man. She smelled it. She's like, oh, well, guess what? I got it. It's like $1.50. I got a good deal, man. Maybe cheaper. It might have been 75 cents, half price. I put it on. I thought, man, shoot, this girl, she's not going to be able to keep her hands off me now. She's going to think I smell so manly and musky and good. Later on, she goes, that, it smells like throw up, I think. She didn't want to kiss me, probably. I don't remember. It's been like 15, 16 years ago. I thought I smelled good. And that's, it's crazy. You, you become a believer, and you are putting off an example, which is either a good smell or a bad smell. You're putting off a good smell or a bad smell. And you, and you know what's crazy? Sometimes you smell so bad. This is real life, right, where you can smell yourself. Other times you think you're okay, and you can't smell yourself. I've had that a lot. I'm like, Finally, you know, you're like, what is that? 
Mm-hmm. People have been noticing for hours, and you finally caught on. You don't smell right. But you can be an example of what people can become. You can be an example for people. Successful, blessed, you're close to God. Let's go through all of these today. It's on us to be the light. Someone say, it's on me to be the light. Say it again. Say, it's on me to be the light. Say it one more time. It's on me to be the light. Look at this. Number one, a reminder of righteousness, right standing with God. Number two, sin. There's judgment for sin. You say, man, I don't know. I don't want people to just be convicted all the time. Hey, but praise God. Look at number three here. Eternity. It can be in heaven or hell. That ties into sin, right? And number four, look at this. There's always hope. You are people's hope, man. I've had people tell me before, it's like, man, oh, man, you brightened my day, man. You, you came in here smiling. You're always smiling, man. You brightened my day. You don't ever want to get told, man, I didn't know you were a Christian. You were, every time I see you, you're down. I didn't know you were a believer. You were bummed out. Uh, every time I saw you, no, you got to give people hope through your example. Look at this. You are what people can become in Christ. We don't have all the answers, but we can point God to the answer in Scripture. I don't have an answer for every question, but I can always go, well, I don't know, but we'll find it in the Word. There's an answer for everything in here. Relationships, love, forgiveness, overcoming bitterness, healing, eternity, hope, you name it. Someone say, I believe. believe. All right. On that note, would you go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today? So important, especially with this message that I preach today. It's for believers, but it's also for the lost, people who have never accepted Jesus. If you have never publicly confessed Jesus as your Lord, I want you to think about heaven and hell today and raise your hand today. We're going to make sure that's right and that's taken care of. As your pastor, as your friend, as your big brother in the faith, as a spiritual father in the faith, is there anyone in this house who would say, man, Pastor Matt, if I died, I don't know where I'd go. Raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. This is going to be for the live stream, too. Is there anybody in the house? God bless you. Let's pray together here in a minute. Anybody else? All right. Pray this prayer with me today and and pray it believing. Had somebody raise their hand, but let's all pray. This is also for the live stream and the audio recording hereafter. Someone say, Lord God, I call upon the name of Jesus so that I may be saved. Say, sin will destroy me. But I reject sin because I need your forgiveness. Forgive me for my past. Forgive me for my choices. For my sin. Say, I need you, Lord. Say, only you can clear my account. Thank you for your forgiveness. Say, I believe that Jesus died and rose again so that I could be saved. I am a believer simply by believing. Say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Save me, God. Thank you, Lord. Help me to be an example and a light. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand to your feet, every eye open, before we pray together one more time? If God was speaking to you about something in your life, something that's gone on, something you needed to hear today, would you please raise your hand? I'm leaving mine up. You don't know, God ministers to me through the Word, even though I've prepared for it and looked at it for days. And look. 
it's for you, it's for me. It's God's word. It's always relevant. Let's agree right now. Father, I thank you for your word. It has fallen on good ground. I thank you for your people who wholeheartedly, joyfully, and humbly received your word today, God. I thank you because they are your people no matter what. No one can take them out of your hand. No one can snatch them out of your hand. But they can choose to seek you with their whole heart or not once they've accepted you, Jesus. So I pray that your people will always follow hard after you. Pray the same thing for myself, God, that I will always be an example of seeking God every day. Living a life that is an example of what people can become and the hope they can have and the eternity they can spend with you and the sin they can overcome through the name and blood of Jesus. And Lord God, the hope, a reminder of hope, a reminder of hope, God, that we'd always be a reminder of hope, an example to follow, a light in the darkness. Lord, we are the light of the world, Scripture says. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. It's irrefutable. He said, you are the light of the world, so don't hide what you know. Don't hide what you've got. You need to know what you've got, and you are the light. The light illuminates. The light brings hope. The light is exemplary. The light brings warmth. The light brings a taste of eternity. The light reminds us of heaven. Thank you, Father God, for your people and the word they've received today. Thank you for your word. We trust you, we honor you, and we bless your name. In Jesus' name, someone said, amen.